Good morning. I am grateful to be with you this morning and want you to know it is a privilege to minister alongside each of you in our church here at Grace Point. I love my church and am thankful to be with you here this morning. And I'm going to start out the sermon this morning with a question for you. What is the value of a good woman? If you're thinking priceless, you're on the right track. Right, ladies? And here we are on the day that we celebrate our mothers. And I am hoping that you celebrate your mom the other 364 days a year as well. I am thankful for an amazing, godly mom myself. And I can't tell you how thankful I am. And so I'm grateful that we have a reminder today to celebrate those amazing women who give us life. And we're going to have a good time today getting into this sermon, Why Women Matter to God. But before we do that, I hope that you'll allow me to be serious for just a moment. Sometimes Mother's Day can actually be a difficult day for many reasons. Maybe you had a wonderful and amazing mom. She wasn't perfect. None of us are. But she meant the world to you. And now she's gone. That's true for my husband. He lost his mother last August. Or maybe you're like me and you would love to be a mom yourself. But that hasn't happened for you. And then I'm also aware that there are people in the auditorium today who have or have had a difficult relationship with their mother. And so I want to remind all of us today that God says in Psalm 147 that he is close to the brokenhearted. He sees us, and I take comfort in that. Now let's move into today's message. You know, in the past few years, I have been discovering that God's vision for the females that he created is much bigger than many of us have dared to dream. You see, it's big enough to encompass every girl and woman in this room, from the cradle to the grave. In God's great plan... No woman is left behind. You could be two months old or 92 years old. It doesn't matter. Women are part of God's plan A, created to do his good work. And at this point, I'd like to talk to the men in the room. You might have seen the title of the sermon and you think, hmm, what's this all about? And you might even be thinking about the pot roast in the oven at home. (laughs) But I want to encourage you that much of today's sermon is going to apply to you as well. And we as women desperately long for you to be in our corner. We are so grateful when you offer your strength on our behalf. So I want to encourage you to stay tuned to the sermon today. And I think that you'll be glad that you did. Well, we're going to find the keys to every girl's or women's identity by opening our Bibles 
to the very first pages. We're going to look at the creation story in Genesis 1. And I thought that it might be helpful and fun to have someone join me up here who has heard the creation story before. So, Aaliyah, how about you come up here and help me out? How are you doing? Good. I'm so grateful that you're helping me out with my sermon today. Thank you for doing that. Do you remember this creation story in Genesis? Yes. You do? You remember parts of it? Okay. Well, good. Let's see if you and I together can remember any of those things that God said that he created. Can you remember any of those things? Want me to give you a hint? Some of it's wet. Ocean. Oceans. That's right. The bodies of water. God actually created lots of things, too. How about, like, living things? Can you think of any of those? Like, things that grow? Trees. Trees, plants. I think in first service you said grass. See, the grass always has to be mowed, so we know it's growing, right? And you know what was really cool about this creation story? When I was reading through it, I noticed that after every one of those things that God created, he said something pretty cool. He said, it is good. Good. (laughs) He did a good job, didn't he? Well, he is the creator of the universe after all, right? But what's really cool is as he's creating these things and he says, it is good, it is good, it is good, I noticed that there was one time in the story where he actually said, it is not good. Do you remember that time? Can you tell us about it? Was it after Adam was created? God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And then he did something pretty spectacular. Do you remember what that is? Who did he create next? Eve. Eve. He created Eve. And I noticed that after both Adam and Eve were created, God said something. Do you remember what it is? He said, it is very good. Can you say that? It is very good. Good job. Thank you for your help today, Leah. You go down there and give your mommy a hug, okay? Thank you. And that's going to get us right into our scripture passage this morning. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every 
living creature that moves on the ground. Now, you may have read this passage so many times that it has become dry and dusty to you. But hold the phone a minute. Did God just say that we are made in his image, that we resemble him? The first clue to our identity is that we are image bearers of the living God. Men and women, you can look in the mirror and say, boys and girls too, I was made in God's own image. Now, it doesn't matter if you like what you see in the mirror or not. God thinks the world of you. You see, none of the plants that God created were made in his image. We have tulips and apple trees and rare plant species. They're beautiful, but they don't resemble their creator. You do. You see, God was pleased to make you in such a way that you resemble him, that you can relate to him as another being in love. Now, animals remind us of God's creativity, don't they? But they don't resemble or relate to God in the same way that you and I do. The psalmist David related it this way. He said, you made man a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Amazing. You are not God, but you are made in the image of God. Now, if you lived in the ancient Near East culture when Genesis was written, you would be downright shocked at this. The reason is that in that culture, only those who were kings that ruled were considered to be made in the image of deity or the image of God. So in essence, you would be royalty. And if you've ever read the Chronicles of Narnia novels or you've even seen the movies, You might be getting what I am trying to say here. Remember Kings Edmund and Peter and Queen Susan and Lucy? Well, these stories beautifully symbolize our value and identity as God's image bearers. You resemble God, male and female made in his image. And ladies, next time you're having a bad hair day, you're having one of those horrible, no good, very bad days, I want you to remember this. You as a female are made in God's image, and nothing can take that away. But you don't just resemble God. As his image bearer, you also represent him. You see, in Psalm 8, I mentioned that David said God made us a little lower than himself. And in verse 6, it goes on to say, You gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority. So that makes man and woman representatives of God on this earth. And the passage we read from Genesis 1 basically said the same thing. Fill the earth and subdue it. See, we are to treat the earth and the other image bearers that God created as God himself would treat them. We as image bearers creatively represent God using our resources and the earth's resources for his purpose. 
So it doesn't matter if we're cleaning up after a two-year-old, if we're presiding over a church board meeting, or if we're feeding the homeless. We are representing God. And the question today is, are we doing it well? Are we bringing honor and fame to our creator in the way we represent him to others and in the way we manage the resources that he has put in our care? Remember, all women are part of God's plan A, created to do his good work as image bearers and also as azers. Now, hold on a second. Did she just say that we are razors? No, she did not. In fact, I just whipped a Hebrew word out of the Bible that deserves some explanation. This word, azer, is used 16 times in the Bible as a word that refers to God. How he comes through for his people and how he rescues us. It is a strong and wonderful word. Here's an example from scripture in Psalm 115, 11. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their azer and shield. God is a strong helper to his people. He rushes to their aid. He comes through when they are in danger. God is our azer, our agent of rescue. But in Genesis 2.18, we find out that someone else also acts as an azer, someone appointed by God. So let's read Genesis 2.18 together. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper or an azer suitable for him. Can you handle it? Eve comes on the scene. She's the perfect finishing touch to God's good creation. And the creator of the world calls her an azer. Let's see. It is not good for man to be alone, so I will make him a servant or a slave. No. It is not good for man to be alone, so I will make him someone who will be a slight help to him in the future. Not hardly. It is not good for the man to be alone, so I will make an azer. Who is suitable for him, an agent of rescue who is suitable for him. Is God saying what I think he's saying? She will be a strong power corresponding to Adam as his ideal partner. She will be a rescuer saving Adam from his loneliness and his solitude. She will be a full participant in God's creation mandate joining with Adam to accomplish what neither of them could hope to do on their own. She will be an azer, created and appointed by Almighty God. And that, my friends, is why all women are part of God's plan A, created to do his good work. Do you doubt it? Do you believe it? And can you appreciate it? Well, I'll be honest. The first time I started to understand what this word azer meant, I cried. 
You see, I never realized that God had created us as his daughters with such intention and purpose. So let's go ahead and talk about what the Azer is, just so we have a better idea of what we're talking about here. Well, first of all, the Azer is a strong power. So let me give you an illustration that, that might um, help us to understand this better. Let's say that we're in the kitchen, and we have a cook, and then we have a cook's assistant, and the cook's assistant is chopping up the tomatoes and onions, and she's going to hand them to the cook. That's not exactly what the Azer is. In fact, what God is implying here is that there are now two cooks in the kitchen, and both of them will do whatever is needed to get the job done. The Azer is also a rescuer. It wasn't good that man would be alone. So the Azer steps in and she rescues Adam from loneliness and from solitude. And some scholars believe that God is also saying that the Azer is a warrior in this passage. And the reason is that of the other 21 times that this Hebrew word Azer is used in the Bible, it's always set in a military context always set in a situation where help is desperately needed. Well, a few years ago, we actually taught a Bible study for women here at the church. It lasted about six weeks, and it was based around this Azer message. And women came, and they were encouraged. They had hope and purpose that they could be used together with their brothers in God's kingdom. One of the ladies that came told a story in the Bible study. See, she was having one of those horrible, no good, very bad days. I was talking about earlier, and I mean everything was going wrong. So it was like the big things going wrong, the little things were going wrong, but nothing was going right, okay? So she found herself in the middle of Myers in one of the grocery aisles, and she actually stopped right where she was. She started singing, I am an Azer, and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Isn't that awesome? She sang it over and over again, and I can just people picture the people in Myers are just trying to get their Captain Crunch, and they're like, ooh, don't know about this lady. <laughs> but you know what? She was reminding herself of her identity and that she could get through that day or any day with God's help as a strong power and image bearer of God. You know what, ladies? We can get through anything. With God's help. Remember when I said that God is also an azer or an agent of rescue? Well, we as his daughters are his azer daughters and we resemble him. And that alone should give us incredible intention, strength, and purpose. As long as we're talking about what an azer is, I'm going to go over real quickly what an azer is not, just so we're clear, just so we know what's going on here in this passage. Well, first of all, we know that the azer is not a domestic servant. Do I have an amen? Okay. <laughs> now, we as women are very good, most of us, about cleaning up our house because I like a clean house. I don't know about you. We're good cooks, many of us, and we also take great care of our children. But we know from this passage that that's not our primary identity in God's eyes. 
In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve would pick the perfect nutrition and food that they needed off of the plants that God created. They lived in the great outdoors, so they didn't really have to sweep up, if you know what I mean. And as for clothes, who needs them? They were naked and unashamed. We also know that the Azer is not defined by marriage or motherhood. Now, marriage and motherhood are great blessings from God, but they don't define us in his eyes. You see, Eve was an Azer before she was ever intimately joined with Adam. And she was an Azer at least nine months before she gave birth to a child. So all women are part of God's plan. The third thing is that an Azer is never retired. Now, I don't know if that's good news or bad news to you. I see it as incredibly good news. And when I preached this sermon last year at another church, I had a woman come up to me. She was probably in her 80s. And she said to me, you helped me believe that I am still worth something in God's kingdom. Of course you are. An azer is an azer from birth to death, and nothing can change that. So, ladies, the next time someone asks you what you do for a living, you might consider saying, I'm a strong power, and I especially enjoy being an agent of rescue. has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? See, the calling on every woman to be an Azer is broad enough to include the homeschooling mother of five children, the 15-year-old who worships in our youth praise band, to the professional working woman, the full-time single missionary, and any woman who feels limited by her health or her social status. We are made in the image of God, and we as women are God's azers. Knowing this, knowing our spiritual DNA, we begin to understand that we are created for God's good work. You see, God didn't go to all the trouble to make you in his own image, to fashion you as a strong power for no reason. He created you with some of his own attributes because you are desperately needed. Remember the creation story in Genesis 1 and God's instructions for his image bearers. Well, God's A-team is a man and a woman brought together to multiply his image bearers and to rule over the earth and subdue it. That's why something is missing when men and women don't come together at home, at work, and in the church. And we see the beauty of this partnership when a man and wife serve God together. We see it when a male and female team of co-workers come up with a service or product that no team of males and no team of females could have come up with on their own. We see it when a mom mothers her son and when an uncle encourages his niece to be all that God has created her to be. So ladies, if you have been hurt in this area, I urge you to pray for healing so that we can come together with our brothers in appropriate ways to advance God's kingdom and be part of his A-team. 
Remember that all women, single or married, divorced or widowed, are called to join together with men in appropriate ways to form God's A-team. No one is excluded. And I'm going to let you in on a secret this morning. Ever since I have been studying the creation story in Genesis and God's purposes for us, I have been appreciating the men in my life even more. You know, I've been married to my husband, David, for four years now. And I knew when I married him that he was a good man. What I didn't know then is how his devotion to the Savior would rub off on me. You see, I want to love Jesus the way that David loves Jesus. And together with him, I want to do everything I can to advance the cause of Christ in this world and to see people find salvation, hope, and healing in the name of Jesus. And then there are those pastor guys in the church office. You know them, right? Pastor Rex has been such an example to me of leading and loving people the way that Jesus loves people. And then there are pastors Edgar and Trey and Ryan, and they're these super creative, gifted individuals, and I love coming together with them in ministry. The other ladies and I in the office come together with our brothers in ministry, and we form God's A-team, and it brings me great joy. Well, I admire God's awesome work in creating this blessed alliance, don't you? See, he has not just called me to be a strong power and an agent of rescue. The point is this. He has called me to join with my brothers to advance his kingdom wherever I am. With my nephews. With the men in this church. And there are many who faithfully serve God week after week after week. With my husband. With whomever he puts in my path, I am called to join with men in appropriate ways to make God famous and to make his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And of course, ladies, beyond this blessed alliance, we are also called to join with our other sisters to do together what none of us could accomplish on our own. It's this mind-blowing plan that God came up with in the beginning. And you and I get to be a part of it. All women are part of God's plan A, created to do his good work. Well, before we leave today, let's go ahead and review. Today we learned that we are image bearers. We resemble and represent God in this world. Ladies, listen carefully. No one else can love the people in your world like you can. We are loving people as God's representatives in this church through our food pantry, through hands-on homework, when a child gives a hug to someone who needs encouragement, When we mentor or disciple a new believer, 
when we pray for our kids, when we care for the earth and the humans and animals that God has filled it with. And we are Azers. We use our strong power and our ability to rescue others from loneliness to the glory of God. We fight injustice when it crouches at our door. We minister to the hurting, the broken, and the unloved. And when it comes to our family members, our loved ones, and even our coworkers, watch out. We will fight for them, care for them, and point them to our Savior and his plans for their lives. The calling begins when a baby girl is first born, all the way to the end of our lives and beyond, when the Lord calls us home. No woman is left behind. And finally, we are privileged to join with our brothers in an alliance that I'm convinced only God could dream up. One that he blesses, that he cheers for, and in which we begin to believe that we can accomplish anything God calls us to do for his kingdom. If only we will do it together. So let's go out today celebrating this truth that all women are part of God's plan A created to do his good work. And I would like to ask every Azer in the room to stand right now, whether you are a girl or a woman, if you could stand with me right now, I'd like to offer a prayer of blessing for you. Let's pray together. Abba, Father, we have got all of these azers in one room, and my heart is full. I am so grateful that you created us to resemble you and to represent you in this world. Bless these girls and women today. Help them to remember their identity and to believe that with your help, they can make a difference for you in their homes, their schools, their workplaces, their church, and their community. Bring us together with our brothers to offer your love to Fort Wayne and to the world. And we pray all of this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. If you are an Azer, raise your hand. Okay. Every Azer here today, whether you are a girl or a woman, has a candy bar waiting for her out in the foyer. Enjoy, and you're dismissed.